Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial for all mankind podcast on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season three, episode five, seven minutes of terror. Uh, Aaron, was this one hour and one minute of terror for you? I feel like you probably didn't sleep the night after you watched this because this is your nightmare episode, right? Is my nightmare episode? I mean, it was pretty dandy focused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I. I guess I like this more than you might suspect. Okay. Um, even though I, I, I'm starting to to learn to stop, or I'm, I'm starting, I'm starting to stop worrying. God damn it! And learn to love the Danny. I was trying to make a love, love joy. Well, Jesus, strange love. I can't get out of my own way today. Uh, I was trying to make a joke. You know what? No more jokes. This episode is great. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was an interesting kind of like inversion of the Danielle versus Ed. You know, like Danielle's mm-hmm. the one that's overly cautious and, you know, Ed's the risk, the, the maverick risk taker um, and the twist where Danielle has to catch up and gang tackle this. Uh, well, gang tackle of one, <laughs> this Russian on the landing yeah. platform as the world watches and assumes that this is some kind of ceremony they've worked out in comedy yeah. was comedy. I, I that that was great. Um there's a lot of things I'm not sure about. Like, I don't know about Kelly falling madly in love with this this uh, handsome Russian man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the Danny serial killer plot line that they've they've they're going to be the first serial killer on Mars. Yeah. Um, but I, I I like the the resolution. I like the tense standoff over the Martian orbit. Um, I like the slowly ratcheting pressure cooker underneath Margot. Yes. I really um, like the lead of this episode. Digging I really like at something she knows is wrong and weird, which is kind of an interesting Margot uh, Van Braun kind of situation where she's having okay. the, yeah. she unwittingly is like exposing her, uh, her mentor, you know, mm-hmm. whereas Margot kind of did it, you know, thighs wide open. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought this episode is pretty good on balance. It's the last episode was incredible, so this felt like a notch down. But honestly, I thought the last minute or two made up for it, and I really I really enjoyed it. What about you? Oh yeah, I really like this episode. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad you're coming around on the Danny stuff because uh, I think it's about to come to a head with Ed. Um, Danny is getting both way too comfortable like pushing the boundaries there uh he's playing with fire and also ed has really provoked him i think this episode unknowingly uh, by calling the mission off so i expect fireworks in the next couple of episodes between them uh but we'll see they they have a lot to focus on you know being the first people on mars or no i guess being the second people on mars um but we'll see how that goes. I really like the stuff with Karen and Wayne. Um, their their conversation it's it's both a funny scene and then this heartfelt scene of like soul searching with Karen not knowing exactly what she wants to do, and Wayne kind of coaching her through that um, with the example of Margot, which I thought was a little weird to just kind of not have Margot in this episode. But oh, you're know. talking about Molly. You're talking about Molly. Or, yes, yes. Sorry, Molly. God. Uh, yeah, to not actually have her in this episode would be talking about her. Um, felt a little strange because we haven't seen her since she got kicked out of NASA. The premiere. 
I yeah or was that the second episode yeah I, I wonder if she because of the the way they went the season they, they tried to save a little bit of money by making her not a featured you know or like main mm-hmm. cast member and I, I there's like uh, I don't know exactly the rules but I know there's certain rules to like if you pay this much and you give them this credit then you get them for this many episodes and it could be that they need her for later on or it could be that she was just guest starring for two episodes and then we won't ever see her again because she's out of NASA yeah, and she is uh, retired. Like, sounds like she's just retired. Retired. Maybe this is the last. Mm-hmm. One, you know, Molly's painting and she's happy. Uh, she's yeah. living her best life. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that, but that might be what they're doing. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but she did. It, it did feel. Uh, I felt her absence this episode. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm. And I really liked seeing Ed take the ship back over and get on the mic get on the the video phone and deliver a message to dev that was fun because you know we knew he was kind of a shit he revealed that last episode uh and now ed the the principled you know nasa man has got uh something to say about it that was fun dishonored this ship and crew the country yourself yeah everybody you yeah. work with yeah and mm-hmm. and seeing karen stick it to him yeah it, it was all very good very good uh i wonder what, there if there's any things. other shoes to drop there i mean yeah there's got to be there you know they may not have gotten to mars first but they're still there they're still like interfacing yeah probably with the crews of the russian and the american space associations so we'll see there was one thing that surprised me in this episode more than anything else, and that was the fact that both the Russian and American spacecraft seemed to be fine after the collision from last episode. Basically fine. You know, you have this one engine. It's like kind of malfunctioning, sort of, but they were able to limp along on their other engines, and that engine wasn't even like totally broken. It was just like a little problem with it they fixed with the help of the Russians I I don't know I guess I expected more my question I suppose because I didn't see it out there is did they get out there with a pressure washer and like wash the the steamrolled blood stain off the hole uh well it turns out the spacesuits are highly absorbent they're made out of quilted bounty and uh, not much of that actually leaked out yeah Uh, they're they're wearing sham wow suits under there yeah I was a bit taken aback that there wasn't more obvious damage um, and that, that they were able to yeah it sounds like because but I guess it, it hit the top of the thing so you don't have to worry about their heat tiles being jarred loose or whatnot I yeah I, I thought I, I I you know my prediction was um, Helios mission was going to have to turn around and come get all of them and you're going to have this one giant joint dysfunctional family mission right um, so I, I was surprised by that, but also I can't like, it seemed like it was a catastrophic from a life standpoint, but mm-hmm. it, it, they didn't sell it like this big collision, you know? No, it, no, it was it, it's, relatively low speed when you're talking about space speeds. Uh, it, it's so. hundreds of tons going against uh-huh. hundreds of tons. And when you've got a 150 pound woman between it, that's unfortunate, but to these yeah. spaceships frames, maybe it's not so, so, so big a deal. Yeah, I, I suppose not. Um, I was expecting more from that. But uh, yeah, it wasn't a big problem. And I didn't have any major problems with the episode. I really enjoyed it. 
we're getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcasts on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. What do you say we get into the recap? I would love to do that. All right. We start off with a space funeral for the Russian and American astronauts who died in last episode's collision. I really love this shot that they leave it on with the covered bodies leaving the ship, spinning off into space in this very... I don't know when this show does do 2001 esque moments like this, they really capture the beauty of it. And this, this was a beautiful shot. Yeah. It's uh, always strikes me when I see what I would consider like these real, more realistic depictions of burial in space. They do this on expanse from time to time too. It always strikes me how similar it is to a burial at sea. 
you know, sure. like yeah, they used to sew you up in your hammocks, put two round shot at your feet and slide you off. And, uh, and it's very much like these guys are wrapped up in their, I don't know if they're actual body bags or if these are just sleeping bags or what. And they're tied mm-hmm. in a bundle and they're shot off into space and they'll be there forever. Yeah. They'll be traveling out there forever. She just sent them to another star. Maybe yeah, probably not enough, uh, yeah delta v to break free of yeah the gravitational yeah pull but you can star, you but... could track this as a body yeah. and probably go recover it in a few hundred years and they'll be mostly similarly to, to they are there now i mean to, to the extent that uh-huh. the sunlight degrades their if those bags stay intact yeah they'll they'll be a fresh frozen human forever it's wild to think about that and that's totally this is like like i said you know um the sea contains untold dead of mm-hmm. mariners and people over but like there those remains eventually get reclaimed not so in space like it's kind of wild to think in hundreds of years of space travel and flight there would be thousands and thousands of corpses orbit orbiting space but uh that's probably the future yeah. we're heading for i don't know it i always is. thought i that always gives me a little chills when i think about it they always talk about that space debris right but they don't tell you what it's made up of and it's a lot of, of that people. is corpses yeah yeah. Soil and debris. debris is made of people. <laughs> also, a great choice. Like Mazzy Star, if you ever want to turn the feelings up in a room, uh, mm. throw her on uh, Rhymes of the Hour uh, or an hour is uh, was good. It's good, good, uh, good moody music to play over that space funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellen gives a speech, and the Russians come home or come home, come to Houston to work on the Mars mission with NASA. And Margaret meets the director. Lenara Putish? I I thought it was Kotish. Kotish, it might be. I didn't get her name. We don't get, uh, we still don't have, uh, still don't have subtitles on the screeners. Yeah. Um, it, she wants to go over some off the record cooperation that they need, namely that they want to use NASA's gear on Mars for their mission objectives, which they won't actually say what those objectives are. And Margaret decides uh to play some hardball here she she says i'll grant your request if within two weeks you bring sergey to houston this uh director kotish uh-huh you know i, I don't um i i don't believe that uh you you should hit a weaker person than you in anything other than self-defense but if i was Margot, i'd be thinking she has a pretty punchable face and her whole affect like it's the worst like mm-hmm. she's just rolling in there and be like it's it's like uh the dude from office space yeah i'm gonna need your satellites and your equipment and yeah, i'm gonna need you to give me some budget so it's like god it's infuriating um yeah. But this is this is why you don't give in to blackmail kids right we need a, it never ends bald move rule for this because yes. I've seen this in so many shows. You give into blackmail, it never ends. It never ends. Why would it? I was assured that the last time you blackmailed me over the thing that cannot be revealed to anyone ever, it was the last time that you would blackmail me over that thing. Like, and right. They, they, they give it like a little hopeful note, but I don't know. I guess it's a seesaw. I'll have to see how they tell the story. But I don't think they're telling a story where this ends well for Margot or Sergey. It can't. It can't. I mean, like, let alone the Russians, the American government. If she goes to the DOJ with this information yeah, yeah. and they find out that it's her that gave the Russians uh, the designs for their engines, she's in huge trouble. 
at the minimum, she will never work at NASA again. She will Obviously, have all of yeah. her security clearances stripped, and she they're will not going to resign in disgrace. Her to bring her Russian boyfriend over to the U.S. and his family. It's no, not going to happen. I mean, well, they they might do that. Yeah, well, because that that could be a huge coup sure. for them. You know, uh, to do that, and if they can get, they feel they can get away with it. They might, but no fucking way. Like, if it, the cost will be her entire life up to this point. Uh, I mean, and, I think and that's the, the, if she's not doing hard time at Leavenworth, you know, <laughs> right, right. I think the natural conclusion to this or the natural next step is for her to go to the DOJ and they say, all right, you're our double agent. You're going to feed us information from the Russians and we're going to give them false information or or at least like unimportant information. <sighs> That's a That's dangerous game to play when oh, you're doing yeah. a joint mission with the Russians on Mars, too. Because do mm-hmm. do the Russians outnumber the Americans now? Uh, not once Dev gets there, certainly. But oh, yeah. okay, yeah. But like, I, I, I think it's pretty close on the actual sojourner. Yeah, I do, I do, I do too. Um, because I it's I keep on thinking, you know, ever since the the Jolly Roger played, I keep on thinking like space piracy. There's going to be some space piracy. There's going to be some space mutiny here, and they threatened it. Like these Russians are kind of mutinous. Yeah. yeah, they're wanting their hands on the lever, and you know, there's good reasons for a lot of this. Hands on the lever. They're wanting to rush out and claim glory for their 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 country. Uh, they want to risk their lives rather than let these capitalist dogs win. There's a lot of signs and the pointing to this is going to be a very, very tricky situation. And Margo is going to have to enable it for a good long while. I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you think she's going to do? She goes to the DOJ and just comes clean. Or do you think she's going to try to Margo this situation and manage everything and try to do a revol- revolving disclosure? And maybe she throws Bill under the bus. Maybe it's like, well, Bill <laughs> left around that time. I don't know what information he was giving him. All I know, we haven't had any leaks since Peanut left this uh, control uh-huh. room. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, Gosh. And what's Aleda going to think, man? Her mentor is a Russian spy. She, she sacrificed know. all this personal gain and personal benefit to work for NASA because of the principle of the thing. And hmm uh, I know. I will say that this uh, the that this Kotish uh, and the position they they uh, they they put Margot in almost single handedly swung me back on the team Margot. Like I'm kind of like, yeah, just fuck that smug Soviet, you know. <laughs> gotcha. And seeing how you know poorly Sergey was treated because I don't hate Sergey either. He's in a tough spot, like Margot says. Yeah, I mean, you can he say. There's good and bad things about the Soviet Union, like there's good and bad things about America, but like I'm, yeah, this gulag shit for your political views uh, was not human progress, I- I'm going to say. Yeah. With you. All right, let's go over to Ed, Ed's crew who manages to hack the Phoenix and take back control. And the very first thing Ed does is send an antagonizing message to Dev, letting him know that he disapproves of the decision they made at Helios uh, to not save the Russians. Yeah, poor I, Nick, man. Like, uh, did Ed really want to know anything about this? Like, he nah. could have said, I said, Alakazam, Abracadabra. And because he's like in the explanation just gets cut off. Like, OK. Yeah, because uh, I find it hilarious that you can boot a spaceship to safe mode. But because I'm used to doing that on my PC at home. Well, but I think that's the implication that a lot of this is probably off the shelf software that's running like windows 90 yeah. whatever windows 95 is 
Probably. Because why the fuck wouldn't it? You know, mm-hmm. NASA might cobble something together out of eight, uh, you know, ADA and COBOL and do all that kind of stuff. But would would that? De- yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. It's a lot of third party software in here. But I also I wish it had because I I have a, a hunch that whatever because he said he cut something from the receiver line to the antenna. I wonder if that's going to cause problems. Him doing this shortcut around the communication system at some kind of vital juncture later this season uh, that might maybe bite him in the need ass. an or, update like this. Yeah. Or do you bet against however many crew members are on board? the Phoenix or do you bet against the entire ground team of Helios trying to get around the thing that they did? You know, like I, 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 I'm asking is like, will dev when I, when I was, when I was asking like, will other shoes drop? Like, is this the end game? Like Ed just got control forever, ever and ever. Will dev try to take that back? Will I I expect dev to try and take it back using other, maybe the mutiny will be on the American side, the private privatized American side. Yeah. Um, it certainly has started that way. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I could see that being a plot point in the future. What, what did you think Dev was feeling when Ed told him? Like, he's seen, because he's, uh, I've seen him be expressive. I've seen him throw monitors uh-huh. around the trash things. He seemed to be extremely Sphinx-like mm-hmm. and inscrutable in this moment. What do you think he was thinking and feeling? I mean, he's definitely upset. He's just not as upset about losing this because um, he hasn't he hasn't lost it yet, right? He's still got a, a captain over there, a, a commander who is on mission, just on his own terms now. So, right. And I don't think it's like you know where he saw, oh shit, NASA's is going to beat us to the punch here. That he gets very angry about. Gotcha. So he, okay. he seems like a big picture guy. Yeah. Uh. And he loses one of his other big picture people here with Karen attending her resignation, tendering rather her resignation uh, over at Helios over Dev's protestations. He is. And that's the thing. He's not wrong in this scene. Like all of this stuff was out of his control. Um, and it's not his fault. That the Russians fucked up and then pushed things too far. And yeah, he's angry that it cost them their prestige but like mm-hmm. you're not wrong you're just an asshole right yeah no it's like and this is like I, i've seen a lot of the silicon valley types think this way it's like when they're disrupting it's it's like uh that meme where it's like me me sowing ha ha fuck yes this is awesome me reaping oh god this sucks like when they are the ones disrupting and fucking with people's plans and throwing their ta- and, and flipping their tables over. It's like they're they're being kings of the universe and people should just deal. But when their shit gets disrupted, they get their bitch on. And that's what Dev is doing. Like, I didn't expect NASA to, to launch this innovative thing that's going to smoke my ass two years early just because they could in a safe and responsible way. Like... I mean, yeah, you didn't. The, the Russians may be a little bit of a wild card situation here, but like, dims the brakes, mm-hmm. man. Uh, I yeah. don't know. He's just just coming across deeply unlikable uh, after mm-hmm. was clearly was camouflage in the the first few. Oh, you know, yeah. this this ultra democracy stuff is just bullshit. As Karen's going to, ex, you know, as ex, explains in this episode. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you had it right last episode. We've we've never we've always been like. 
one foot in, one foot out with this guy, right? Because we know he's saying things, he's doing things that are too good to be true. And if it's too good to be true, it's definitely not true. He's a self-made billionaire. He has fucked people. A hundred percent. He has lied, cheated, and swindled to get in that position more than once. So, yeah, oh, yeah, I was always skeptical, but I, there's always also the hope that like, and because uh, every once in a while, a billionaire will amass a whole bunch of wealth and get social consciousness, and mm-hmm. then you, you get some good stuff out of them. Um, yeah. But, but I was wondering, like, well, maybe Dev's going to be one of those guys, but eh. Seems like no. All right, the Sojourner takes the fuel from the Russian ship to continue their mission to Mars. The Russian cosmonaut who sent out the warning last episode, I think his name is peloton that's what i'm calling him uh helps <laughs> kelly halfway out of her suit with the other half to be removed later uh yeah like i said i did not expect both ships to be basically fine after that collision but uh here we are what do you think about the flirting going on here in their their uh i assume this is some kind of suit with all these hoses meant to keep them cool yeah uh, like an yeah, undersuit yeah, yeah. for their for their spacewalks. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you think space is cold, but the real bitch about space is, is a vacuum, which does not transmit heat of any kind uh, very efficiently. Yeah. So it's very easy for a human body putting out that 98.6 to, to boil you alive in a spacesuit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Skelly, Skelly, Kelly comes across as a little bit of a schoolgirl here. Hmm. And I'm not sure why. Um, like I, I, you know what I mean. Like it feels like this is like Just the first guy or... who's given her okay. attention, but she's like the the like in this plot, she's twenty eight years old, <laughs> right? She's been I maybe she's been like maybe she spent the entire time at Antarctica with a bunch of dudes that she wasn't particularly attracted to, but like I don't know. I, I felt like if she was twenty one, twenty two. Uh, mm-hmm. This this might play a little bit better, but she just like instantly smitten with this guy in a single episode goes from yeah. which like I said, I found that a little bit surprising, especially in the situation. You think she'd be even more guarded with, the, mm-hmm. you know, the international implications of what's going on here or maybe I don't know. Maybe she's reaching across a hand in diplomacy. Sure, sure. More than a hand by the end of this episode. A couple yeah. of lips, too. Yeah. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I don't, I, yeah, young, attractive people falling in love, not a big problem. I just kind mm-hmm. of surprised that it only took, but that's the other thing is like this episode, does it like, it might take like six to eight weeks of time in real life, right? Yeah, I'm not certain. Uh, certainly it's many days at the very least because there's a three day yeah. time jump. It feels like a single episode, but they somewhere in the deep space, they mm-hmm. had this problem and then there's another bit of deep space you got to go through to get to Mars. So it could have been weeks that this relationship developed over. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think last episode they were saying NASA was going to beat Helios to Mars by like six days. So, you know, them being behind to start off with seems like a lot of travel time there still to go. So Right. Sure. Yeah. Weeks, maybe months. Uh, all right. Danielle gets a video message from her son who just wants to cheer her up, and it seems to work. She hears she's been having a hard time up there. Which, how how much of a hard time do you think he understands she's having? Um, I mean, w- the funerals have been on TV. 
so yeah it's weird because he goes yeah he the way he's i i thought that was funny too because he's like yeah hey mom dad says you're having a hard time up there it's like what's yeah. cnn saying cnn saying two of her <laughs> right. astronauts under her command died son there was a uh, space collision yeah yeah she, she's got a whole bunch she got five surly russians on board now to, to hate another one of her crew member it's uh status of the ship unknown i mean yeah yeah there's a mm-hmm. lot going on up there and he's just like yeah dad says having a hard time but i don't know i think it's uh because i'm you know uh my son's 15 going on 16 and every once in a while he'll aim my advice cannon back at me and uh sometimes it's sometimes it's infuriating but a lot of times it's yeah it's pretty good advice and uh thanks thanks for that son i thought uh there's that kind of pride of like oh my god these lessons the i'm not just talking into a fucking vacuum yeah yeah. and it also shares me the warmness of their family i i liked it Uh uh-huh it's cute then we go over to Aleda at uh, Mission Control. They're comparing the specs of the Russian propulsion system with their own. They're suspiciously similar. And she takes that information to Margot, who dismisses it and tells her to focus on the mission at hand. Uh, pro- probably the right call. I-, I like how Margot handles all of this, honestly. Um, she's very cool in the face of potential discovery of her treason. Um, but she's also like, still doing the right thing for NASA in the mission. It's, it's walking a fine line here. And I think she walks it brilliantly. It's yeah. It's both self serving and also the best advice. Like, look, you, we gotta, you gotta focus up, uh, because we're making a final burn for Mars. Now, clearly she's secretly hoping that Aleda will get so excited and preoccupied with the mission and all that. She's going to forget all about the, I love Aleda. She's got calipers out, you know, taking taking <laughs> measurements off a of VHS tape and comparing it to blueprints. Like, mm-hmm. in addition to all the other shit she's doing as flight director, you know, uh, yeah, you got to love Aleda. No, it's great. And even the second time around, when Aleda's like, "Well, I kept picking at this," and there's even more information that says, uh, "I know the exact year that the plans were given to them." Even then, I think Margot does a great job of handling it. It's not denial. Mm-hmm. It's not like getting forceful um, and, you know, commanding her to stand down on this thing. It's more like, okay, we still have the mission at hand. Let's get these people down on the planet and then I'll take this to the DOJ. Whether she does that yeah. or not is a. That's the question. I need question, to see but, another episode or two because I could also see yeah. a, her with Aleda like a month from now being like, well, I referred it to the DOJ and I haven't heard anything since. Right. Which, and, and she actually didn't. Because at yep. what point does Aleda yep. like go over her head and be like, I can't. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. <sighs> but also. I don't see how Margot goes to the DOJ and does the things that she says to Sergey that she wants to do without a blow mm-hmm. up in her face. Like how, what version of the truth could she tell where it's like, well, you know, Sergey's helped me over the years and Russia didn't like it and they imprisoned him in there, threatened his family. He just did that out of the kindness of his heart. Well, right. what the hell did you share? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's handling everything right right now, but <laughs> it feels like there's just because the wheels are spinning and she's trying to look for the angle that where she can get what she wants. And the true test of her character will be what happens when that highway runs out. You yeah. know, does she drive the car off the cliff or does she turn around and be like, all right, enough is enough for sure. We'll see. All right. Sojourner burns for Mars and one of their engines is a little bit off and Danielle wants to get it fixed, but she needs the help of the Russians on board uh, this Peloton guy. 
Palatov. Uh, yeah, Peloton. I'm going to keep going. And his, his, his Anatoly. I think it's Anatoly Palatov. Jesus. That's a mouthful for an American, let me say. And he's probably got six other names. If I know uh-huh. anything from Tom yeah. Clancy, like Russians have seven different names depending on who's talking to them, if they're related to them, if they're older or younger, if they like them and hate them. <laughs> uh, it's, it's fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, but that's just setting up, I think, tension for... Uh, I, I don't know. There's a lot of tension all, all around, right? It's setting up Kelly to get into a relationship with the guy who might not be uh, good for her and uh, Margot could get in trouble for all of this and it leads into a later discovering more. It's it's pretty nicely crafted. I agree. Uh, uh, can, can we talk about the Russians' space uniforms? And sure. how they're... Th- how they're just three Adidas stripes short of being Russian, ga- modern Russian gangsters. They're wearing track suits and like <laughs> Velcro sneakers, man. It's it's hilarious yeah. when they're all standing in a group. I like it. I love it. Nice. They need chains. That's all they need. They need mm-hmm. chains. I mean, they're already listening to the right music, apparently. True. <laughs> all right. Karen sends a video message to Ed, which Danny sees and is very curious about. So he goes to the Helios hacker uh, to figure out the admin password and then uses it to view Karen's message to Ed. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Danny is an idiot. He's so transparent. I, I fully expect the addict. next episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's doing things that he probably knows in his in his above-the-belt brain are uh, really stupid and are going to get him caught, but I fully expect the hacker dude to next episode be rifling through like, okay, what was Danny looking at with this password? Cause he knows what's up. He, that's the thing. I, I wondered if you thought Nick knew, I thought, yeah, Danny I mean, did not exactly play it what's cool. Going on. Like Danny didn't play it cool. If Danny spent another 60 seconds talking to this guy and yes. it's like, uh, and like to make it, but it seems like he got the information. Literally he wanted, he was all out. he wanted was the rainbow password. Like, yeah, and it's got to blow up in his face. It's got to. Yeah, Nick doesn't what a lame know why he too. wants it. He just knows that he's going to use it for something. Yeah. Rainbow? Yeah, it's a bad password. It's a bad password. You'd be shocked at how much industrial equipment, though, it comes with, like, fucking admin, admin, as their username and password. And if you uh-huh. can flash it back to that state, you can get you can get there. Um, yeah, they rely yeah. on securing physical access to not being able to, you know. I, I just wonder if he'll get busted even without Nick because it just seems like this guy's compulsive. Like he's just going to yeah. be in Ed's mailbox twenty four seven, and eventually, I don't know because he's it seems like slip. there's other. He's going to say something about the relationship that he couldn't have known unless he watched those videos, and then Ed's going to be like, "Wait, what the fuck? You watching my videos? Why?" And then it's all going to. This come out. is true. Probably in an angry confrontation about him not trusting him enough with the stick. Uh, oh yeah, because I mean, that's next the thing. It's like going to be big. There's so many different ways their relationship could blow up that like it probably doesn't it probably is not going to need Nick and the the password to, to blow him up. But right, it's just right. yeah, he's just he's just her, he's just torturing himself, you know, looking at all this stuff and, and nurturing this hatred and this this uh, jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's a dumbass. I mean, he's a real dumbass. The conversation he has or the video message he sends to his brother. Yeah. Later in this episode is just really? idiotic. The thing is, is this episode felt mid, like centered 
Karen in the villainy for me where, you know, I was like, just because Danny looks like a serial killer and he's played like a serial killer. I was thinking, like, this is the problem. Danny. And yeah, Danny, Danny is doing like none of this behavior is healthy. But on the other hand, you know, Danny's had a little bit of a rough life. Uh, Karen was the older person in with all the power in her hand. She was his boss. She was a surrogate mother. She has this inappropriate relationship with them and then saddles him with this secret that he's got to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, his, it's probably his first serious relationship or like, well, probably, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I just think that like the way Karen talks about this, like, Oh, it's my sword passed. He, 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 he. And he, she jokes about their friends. Like, turned me off and the way Danny talked about his experiences and how he's processed this and how he's got all these conflicted feelings about Ed and his dad and all this because of that like I felt kind of felt sorry for the you know Patrick Bateman here I, <laughs> sure I I felt sorry for him at times but that's his reasoning doesn't track like when he's talking to his brother and he says like I thought I could come up here and just put all this behind me I'm like that that's stupid you're an idiot because putting yourself in a sardine can with the man whose wife you had an affair with is the opposite of putting all this behind you it's getting right into the fucking middle of it you idiot and he's got to know that right so just just so just so you don't think I'm a hateful misogynist let me also center Ed into the villainy because the most person at fault for this situation is Ed for shielding Danny from the consequences of his actions and overriding his commanding officer's decision about revoking his flight worthy status. If Ed had just been like, you know, damn, he's back to drinking. He's acting crazy and he needs to save his, his relationship, his family. None of this would have ever happened. So like, Everything that has, I, I imagine there's going to be bad things that happen to Ed because of this, and he's going to deserve every bit of it because, you know, he's he's got that Ed thing that he just, you know, if, if it's not important to him, it's not important. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kelly and Pelotov work uh, with Aleda, uh, sorry, Peloton, um, to troubleshoot the engine <laughs> on the Sojourner. He encourages Kelly to give communism a chance. Just give it a chance, like John Lennon said, right? Give communism a chance. Let let me let me lecture you, the the Vietnam refugee, on on the on the glorious benefits of socialism. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Maybe you should come and check out our grocery stores, Anatoly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know. Uh, he's apparently an NWA fan. He's quoting "Express Yourself" lyrics here. You can see it's like so if he like I guess with the American culture that we export, I can see that a lot of the Eastern Bloc countries would see us as fully insane. You know, like look at the mm, complete yeah. uh, like like what the impression he's got of America because of like NWA, which is not based on nothing. It's not all of America, but it's a you know it, it's a, it's a shamefully large part of. Uh, you know and it's the same way i feel about japan japan exports a lot of weird culture yeah and i have a certain view of the japanese people based on that but i'm sure it doesn't apply to everyone it's probably a microcosm of their overall culture right Uh, but yeah it's hard when when that's all you see to not think that that's everybody there yeah yeah um 
you, you always see like when you when you when you think about your own people, you always see the strengths and the benefits. And when you think about another person, uh, other people's, you only see their weaknesses and flaws. Uh, sure. But I don't know. It's like, uh, sh- but but this this didn't still didn't really harsh their our our, our door their ardor no. very much. No, it, it does temporarily until he calls her beautiful, and then it's all back on again. Yeah, it's Kelly, you're right. Schoolgirl stuff here. It is schoolgirl stuff, but I like I because I thought it's like oh they're 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 pumping the brakes on it. And he's like, "What well, are you getting this from your father?" Which is such a shitty, insulting thing to say. She's like, "Actually, no <laughs> history books." Uh, right. But then again, a couple weeks go by, he calls her pretty, and yeah, uh, where, all where, is are getting, where are you getting your information, Peloton? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Our 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 media is as as Western and imperialist as they come, but I hate to tell you about your guys's. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh well, everybody's everybody's uh, uh, fixated on a splinter in their brother's eye, right? Yep. Uh, let's talk about some other Russians. Sergey is brought to Margot's office. He is looking pretty worse for wear. He's he's bald. I I really like the yellow eyeshadow they put under his eyes to make mm. him just look sick he just looks bad um they have a private five minute conversation during which he reveals that he was tortured for continuing or sorry for refusing to continue the blackmail operation and he apologizes to for lying to margot she forgives him and tells him that she's gonna get him asylum and he says no 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 don't do that because the kgb will definitely go after my family which is why he was doing all this in the first place do you how do you torture someone? How do you are they targeting his lungs by like just giving him like making him sleep in tin below in wet clothes? Like I was trying to, th- or are they actually literally poisoning him as a way uh, to? Because he's yeah. very sick, very sick. It's not like I, they. Go ahead. I assume they're making him just like vape a whole bunch of jewel pods. <laughs> Just like Jewel Pods 24-7. His air is Jewel Pods. You like America so much? Here's a case of camels. I need you to smoke it in the next 15 minutes, comrade. Here, with help. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was... Because uh, they said it's very careful not to break his nose or teeth. They worked on my lungs. and Like, if they said kidneys, I would like, okay, well, they're just body shots. But lungs, and he's uh, he's hacking right, up a lung. Yeah. I'm not sure what involves... Uh, what, what, kind of, what kind of torture they do. Um, and it wasn't yeah, able to... Yeah. What do you search for that? Lung torture? So <laughs> late late twentieth century Soviet lung torture techniques. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't return any results. Hmm. I would have expected at least one. One hit. It's probably just the poor health, the poor living conditions, the poor food. Yeah. And the also non facial beatings that he's getting that that's made him so sick. Yeah, I don't think KGB prisons are too concerned with your comfort. No, so. I would I would think the opposite. Mm-hmm. Concerned with your discomfort. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Phoenix enters Mars orbit with NASA days behind. Unfortunately, they have to wait for a dust storm to disperse before they can risk landing. Pretty good ticking clock here with NASA approaching hot on their heels. It's a great uh, way, a great way to add some last minute drama because like, oh, they get there yeah. three days early. No problem. Well, there are these planet wide dust storms that would be a real bitch to land in. Um, uh-huh. I thought it was really cool and the way this all pays off I thought was beautiful as well and I like how they portray the successive like failures of their systems that would be the problems for landing in a situation like this right because you think oh you know you got 
GPS, which could tell you exactly where they are and how far they are from uh, their landing position. You've got radar, which would be able to tell you how far they are from the ground, the surface. All those things get thwarted because um, a I don't the GPS doesn't work. On I was going to say, like, I was about to say wait, wait, the, the first part of that's global. It's not Martian. Uh, well, they specifically mentioned like, hey, you got no GPS here. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Which I don't even know why they mentioned that because all the astronauts would be fucking aware there's no GPS. It's on probably Mars. it's usually it's they're talking to us when they're saying stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of silly, but like the the radar stuff made a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, the dust is going to block it up and. I mean, our, pla- our planes here on Earth do that stuff. And if you get a severe enough blackout uh, or a whiteout condition or whatever, you can't land a yeah. plane even. Um, so, yeah, that stuff is very good when they finally get to it. Uh, Danny sends a message back to his brother about how hard the mission has been because he th- is thinking about their dad and because he didn't realize apparently it'd be so hard to be stuck in a giant tin can with the man whose wife he slept with. Idiot idiot this guy kills me that's the other thing is like this i feel like this show with both kelly and danny kind of want us to forget that they're almost 30 and think that they're like in the early 20s because Mm -hmm. i don't know because like my sympathy for danny goes so far he's a man at this point um he needs to make better decisions like you said but on the other hand He's also put an enormous amount of pressure on himself that not only does he be an astronaut to live up to the ideals of his parents, but also his dead to to live his dead friend's dream. And yeah, yeah. You know, back at home, he was facing severe consequences and was going to have to come clean to his wife. And and that's the other thing is like, he's also like a national hero. He saved Polaris. Uh, There's all this like enormous pressure on this kid's shoulders. And I do feel Mm -hmm. for him. And I understand why he thought like, well, if I if I run off with Ed, then that puts off. But yeah, yeah, he's just doing just doing all just doing all the wrong things. Yeah, it's weird. I I know this is like highly dramatic to have them on the same ship, but I Mm -hmm. feel like if he had gone on any other mission besides the one that Ed was on, I would be a lot more sympathetic to his cries of like, I thought I could put this all behind me by doing this thing. Right, because it's not the choice of like being. Um, uh, well, I guess it was because he wouldn't have been able to take any missions at NASA. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was either go with yeah. it or not go at all. Um, and then, then it's like that's, but that's kind of addict thinking, you know. It's like, oh God, face the consequences. But what if I put them off by some scambit, you know, sure. one more day? Uh, and he's addicted to the juicy fat, uh, the, the 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 fat juicy milf that is Karen. You know, yeah. uh, in and uh, he he can't quit her. I mean, it's hard to blame him. She looks very good, especially that's what with, I'm saying with her like storm esque like highlighted hair, gray highlighted yeah. hair. She's looking really good this season. Yeah, it's just yeah, like he's come by. You know it. This is he's, bad, man. He's come by it honestly. Uh, and <laughs> right. this is why, like, I really I put a lot of blame for Karen in this situation because when this started happening, she had all the power. And mm-hmm. and should have known better, but yes. uh, and he was a kid. It was yeah, yeah. it's a dumb yeah, mistake yeah. he made. But he's doubling down now. Um, all right, Peloton's having a hard time with the instructions from Aleda, and he complains to Kelly. He calls her beautiful just in time for them to find the good news out uh, that Helo- Helios can't land yet because of dust storm, 
and then Kelly just makes out with him. Just boom, right? I don't know. Is this is this she? Cl- my note says Kelly climbs into his mouth. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I, I think so. I think it's uh, it, it, it kind of reminds me of that, uh, you know, that that sailor kissing the nurse like when they had VJ Day in World War Two. Like, have you seen that picture? It's this famous oh, black yeah, and yeah. white photo of uh-huh. like this, like spontaneous joy at achieving something that's beyond your own personal sphere. It's like as global humankind implications. I, I can't. Even, well, I mean, yeah. what does that feel like to be a part of that? No idea. You know, never been a part of it. <laughs> That's what they don't tell you about Buzz, Buzz and Neil. Passionate makeout session as soon as that eagle landed. It <laughs> yeah. didn't take him 30 minutes to get into her spacesuit. It was 25 of that just like getting rid of all this, this, this sexual energy that they were charged with. You better be careful. Uh, One of them is going to come down here and punch you. I've seen them do it before. <laughs> I'm not denying it went to the moon, Buzz. I'm okay, just saying. Okay, good. good. Yeah, you, you and Neil had. I mean, it's clearly, clearly. What, what are you going to do? It's, it's hard to resist. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. They're it's uh, they're they're going for this um, opposites attract thing, and they really did at the last minute. I man, I just hope they don't get leverage over Kelly in any kind of way. I don't want to see Ke- Kelly. I don't want yeah. to see Kelly go down the Margot road. Yeah, I'm hoping Kelly is smarter than that. Um, Although if, maybe the Russians, know, they, the Russians should worry about about Anatoly. Oh yeah. You know, he gets smitten with her. He's already smitten with American culture. Like, Is he going to defect too? Are they going to have two defectors what up if, there? What if every, every one of these cosmonauts? What if every one of these cosmos defect? They they live on uh-huh. they live in American values and American music, American food, albeit Martian, uh, for for however many months they're going to be there. Then they come back and they're already going to be in America. They're just like we uh-huh. like to defect. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> that would be a hell of a thing. Yeah be great i'd love to see it all right we go back to earth where wayne shows karen how to make goo balls then they chat about what she's going to do after helios come on karen i'm not buying it nobody is buying it no one in the history of weed has ever enjoyed edibles for their flavor no one ever Mm. Uh, it was something you tolerate in order to get high that's it i mean is 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 this the is, was this just a ball of butter? I'm trying to think of like uh, what this actually I, was because he fries a bunch of butter. butter. It might be peanut oh, butter. So, so I've heard of goo balls, but I don't know what they are, what they're actually made I, of. I've never heard of it. I thought this was a show only creation. And, oh, no. Uh, Wayne's not inventing the wheel He said, welcome to the goo at the end. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> But um, that's the that's the other thing I, I guess that like when I said I, I've kind of switched sympathies I keep switching back and forth between because this is just a fucking mess. But the the Danny is because like Karen is just while her husband's dealing with the situation while Danny's dealing with the situation she's just kind of like joking about it like they like n- neither one of them said God and Ed's up there like that's a that's a fucking crazy situation it's just a joke like oh you're the graduate oh it's you're the seductive older lady Ugh, blah, blah, gross vomit vomit shame on yeah. both of you to the point where like Molly better watch out because the last time she had this crisis of uh, focus she slept with Danny so Wayne's the only person in range uh... here I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just, you know, making a joke, but Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I, Wayne would do that to Molly. I don't think, and I, I don't think, think so. Wayne's no. that kind of guy. 
Uh, I'm always happy to be disappointed by people, but yeah. Yeah, it would be a total betrayal of character, honestly, uh, for them to end up sleeping together. But um, I I do like the conversation that goes on here between Mm -hmm. Karen and Wayne as he's kind of guiding her uh, through her own thoughts and feelings about leaving Helios. Um, Yeah. You know, she loves taking risks. He, he he's telling her like, okay, find the core of you. What what are the things that you actually enjoy doing? Look, you're a multi millionaire, hundred millionaire. I don't I don't know how much money you make in 1994, 1992, whatever, by selling a space corporation. But sure, it's a hell of a lot of money, and you're the sole survivor. So it's probably well, I guess it goes yeah. But if you got half of that or whatever, you know, right, hundreds of millions, I assume. Yeah, um, yeah. So she has tons of money. She loves taking risks. She loves negotiating and building things from the ground up. I really feel like the direction they're taking her is like Donna from Halt Catch Fire, where she's just going to be a VC. Because mm. like that's what you do when you have a shitload of money you don't know what to do with and a drive to build things from the ground up and take risks, right? You know, what if she does a Helios done right? What if she's just like, I'm going to take this money and start an aerospace and I'm going to get Molly to run like, yeah, I could start seeing some of these pieces come together and she does like a truly democratic for the people, uh, space, space kind of thing. Um, that'd be fun to see. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. Were you surprised that Wayne knew? Do you think Molly? I don't think Molly knows. I think Wayne knows, but I don't think Molly knows about Karen and Ed and uh-huh. uh, Danny I agree okay because I don't think Molly would not tell Ed and I think they're you know Wayne and her are just way closer uh, than Wayne or yeah. than uh, Molly and her yeah um, let's move on to the next scene where Danny is watching another message from a very high Karen meant for Ed about how proud <laughs> she is of him and he watches part of Ed's response until Ed knocks on his cabin door and invites him to play some cards and chat. And they chat about Gordo and Shane. And then Danny, Danny starts playing with fire here. He steers the conversation to Karen asking Ed what would happen if he ever found the guy that Karen slept with. And Ed basically says he'd kill him. Yeah, he, he kind of wants to get caught, right? There's there's like I felt like there's there's two sides to Danny. He wants to get caught, he wants to come clean, he wants to put all this behind him, and then like at the end of the conversation he saw away, he's like, Wow, Ed's a hell of a lot more zen about this whole thing than I would ever have thought. Well, here I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the old man the 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 question of the day. Well, you think you'd ever forgive? Danny, I would fucking kill that guy. I would paste them. I would strain their grease through my car. He turns in his like serious like, and then Danny's like, okay, never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, it. Yeah, this. I. I fucking hate. I fucking hate this plot line. But this is a beautiful scene in this in this terrible storylines uh, uh, sequence because it worked really well. Yeah, I wish Danny didn't have that smug fucking smile on his face every second of the scene, like that you know the half smile he's got that makes him look like the the patrick bateman serial killer type but it's the whole oedipus you want your dad's approval you want to kill your dad you want to fuck your mom you want and you've done sure. half of those things there's just a one like i it's it's uh <laughs> yeah it's it's um and it, yeah it, when it, when he, that, that last scene of him just watching karen and like he's just in full psychotic mode just just his face is just impassive dead man's mask it's yeah uh, yeah 
I, I, I do worry that this, this fucking show, which is excellent, has got the problem that 20% of its scenes this season are designed to just make people feel uncomfortable and weird about half of the main characters. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. The, the other stuff they're doing has me just totally distracted to where I, I don't notice if any of that stuff is bothering yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah that's the thing it's like it's not as bad as it was last season um because i think it's because yeah danny's now a man but yeah yeah uh. all right three days later sojourner makes it to mars orbit um the dust storm still hasn't cleared so helios hasn't landed yet uh margo tells sergey how nervous she is and explains the meaning of seven minutes of terror and then elena comes to her with more supporting information for her theory that the russians stole their engine design this time, Margo agrees to take it to the DOJ once they land on Mars. So, Seven Minutes of Terror is, is like uh, with Apollo 13, you know, when the, the astronauts are going through the atmosphere, they lose all contact with them. That's what they're referring to, right? That uh, uh, it, it could certainly be some kind of communications blackout, but I thought it was just simply the time the that it takes. Uh, yeah, from g- going from orbit to the surface. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. That's what I assumed. I did not know that the NASA had such a poor success rate landing on Mars, but like, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, that's tricky landing on another planet back in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> I would, but I, I did wonder, it's like, well, I wonder if it's like, did they not know how much atmosphere they had to work with? Did they not like, it made me want to know more about the Mariner, uh, expeditions. Hmm and uh, the the different Mars probes. Oh, I thought they were talking about the moon landings that they were trying to do. But I guess you're no, right. They didn't, I thought they, they didn't were talking about landing that uh, Yeah, times. I thought they're they're talking about the Martian just the probes landing them on, yeah, you know, yeah. safely landing, getting the report um the report yep. results, all that kind of stuff. Makes sense. Um yeah, so the the way that Aleda comes to uh, I guess understand that this engine design was stolen is that the the Peloton up there is quoting memorized numbers, numbers that he has to memorize because he needs them at a moment's notice. But yeah, there's this old, checklist and emergency procedures. Yeah. Right. He's using from an the old manual. set of numbers. So, you know, he's not like looking at their manuals um, in order to quote these numbers back because he's quoting them incorrect numbers, mm-hmm. apparently, um, which since have changed. So it's it's interesting that not only can she say, hey, they must have stolen our design, but she knows what year it happened. I feel like that could be important. The other thing she said is like someone at NASA must have given it to him. That felt like a leap because like the Russians have a well-run and respect, always have respected spy network. Mm-hmm. It, you know, like, I guess, yeah, someone at NASA, if they're a Russian spy or whatever, but like, it doesn't necessarily imply, or it could be like people beyond Russia have the blueprints. I mean, beyond NASA have these blueprints, right? I imagine lots of people in the federal government that have, you know, security clearance could get this access and contractors. Yeah. I was thinking that like, it felt like a reach to go like maybe, but also I think that's a natural jump that Alita would make like, Oh my God, what if it's one of us? Sure. Yeah, um, they might just be shortcutting that for the sake of the show. Right. You know, they don't need to go investigate uh, 
Lockheed Martin or something and right, dead uh, in that because we already know that's going to so. be the next uh, the next uh, several episodes like well so the uh, well we're still going through Lockheed Martin and there's uh, still that uh, right you know Boeing that Boeing uh, contact sure. run down she just keeps on feeding her that bullshit yeah I, I don't think that one plant that. Michigan that makes the screws uh, right. you know got to check with them then we get the news uh, setting up the stakes for the dust storm and the race to be the first on Mars. And Ed sees that the dust storm is thinning. And he asks Danny, what what should we do? Should we go for it? And he says, yeah, let's go for it, man. So they do. I like how the journalists pronounce like the way she they're, they're, they're talking about the dust storm. And, you know, it's uh, every two hours, the astronauts receipts that reach their decision point or go no go <laughs> right like, right As it's like it's like such a foreign thing they've I, man, you've you been talking what? about space for the last 20 years that's at, true like in the in the popular culture right it's not like america was in the 90s where nobody but, had thought about but well i guess they still were i'm thinking i'm thinking apollo 13 yeah. probably popularized go no go in okay. the public's consciousness and we're way past that in the show so yeah 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 that's true yeah. you'd think that they would be a little bit more hip to it or maybe you know if apollo 13 didn't happen the way it happened here they true. they never brought the no go no go no go into and Ronda Howard never made a movie about the disaster and uh-huh. uh yeah although you think they'd make the movie about apollo uh, ron howard would make it about apollo 11 yeah sure the one that did land the one that did land disastrously and almost didn't make it out. Yeah. Um, I, w- why the obsession with who lands first? Look, I know it's a big historic thing, but it's just a moment in a massive series of moments for the space program. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. It feels wrong to me to obsess over who makes it there first, right? As if this is some kind of, competition and the first person there wins everything takes the cup they kind of do like do everyone they? knows I, everyone knows like probably 50 percent of the world population knows the first man who stepped on the moon uh-huh. many less people would know the second person much less the third i couldn't tell you the third person who stepped on the moon well this is why i have a problem with it because i th- there's nothing particularly significant about that moment over the moment of like developing the drive that got them there or the moment of setting up a habitat, you know, seven months later from the equipment that they sent on the mission that actually landed there with their equipment set uh, two years earlier. Like, yeah, it just, it just feels petty to me is what it feels like. It does, but it, it's like, uh, cause I agree with the larger point that like everyone that contributed to the effort to get us, to get the, to get us to Mars should be credited. But on the other hand, there is going to be a singular person that sets foot on there first and they are going to be remembered. That's just the way it, that's just the way the things work. And well, if you are the type of, up, you know, that's, that's our system. That's, that's true. That's we could, we could completely recording history. We could completely reorganize our, our culture and history to not, to devalue those <laughs> sure. things it's a big and, ask, and, and and maybe uh captain picard would get around to to solving that problem for us but i mean yeah. captain picard's a nobody right i mean he was what the seven billionth person to set foot on mars who gives a yeah, shit what captain what did picard, picard actually what did you do? he's the first one to get assa- uh, assimilated by the borg no one could take that away from him 
True. That's probably not even true. True. Seven of nine had a beat on that. What did Picard do, actually? <laughs> what a fucking fraud. Right? What a fucking fraud. You Show bo- me your you've first. Expo- you've exposed him. He's got nothing going on. <laughs> That's why Picard sucks. That we, vi- we finally figured it out. That he's yeah. always, always stood behind the beard, and we thought he was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, what the hell were we talking about? Uh, oh, yes. First on Mars. Who lands I, first, I, yeah. 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 I, I, I really admire your egalitarian thinking, but I also understand why vainglorious astronauts want to be the first boot on Mars, too. Right. Right. I'm just like trying immortal. to get this to a better You're place. immortal. You're the only, the closest thing to immortality that we got is to have something like that on, on your resume. True. Legacy. All right, uh, Sojourner is configured for landing, but Danielle thinks the storm still makes it too risky, so she decides to wait on landing until the next orbit, which is unfortunate because Ed's lander's launching, man. Ed's going. Um, Did you want to talk anything about Danielle making this half decision here that she's going to immediately go back on? or Um, No, because I don't think... I think that Danielle is like, you know what? Our mission parameters say that we need this amount of visibility and it's not about her being afraid or cautious. She just believes in the fact that the smart people have said that this equipment is rated for this and these are the safety margins. And as soon as those things clear up and she's got five seconds to make that decision, she's strapped in. I actually thought that was really badass and like a uniquely Dan yell badass the way mm-hmm. she said it like her the way her determined face sets and she slaps her face shield down it's like all right p- button up people we're we're going straight in like it was i really fucking made her look cool her tackle on the russian yeah. did and it's um i imagine we'll get people to say like well this proves that nasa or margo was right all along uh and danielle was the best person for the job N- i mean yeah yeah maybe I don't know how you do a Bayesian analysis on a set of something that happens once, you know, sure. that's one of those things. It's like, yeah, maybe it worked out this right. It could have like, uh, it, it easily could have gone the way that the, the, the Maverick Ed lands mm-hmm. in the middle of this marginal dust storm. And Danielle takes another trip around and is, is, is a second. And then would that mean that Ed would have been the right decision? It's debatable. That's all I've ever, all I've ever said is debatable. And there was a process set to make that decision. And that decision was clearly Molly's to make. And Margot changed the rules after the fact to get her way. And I don't support that kind of behavior in any kind of government position. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so. No, I, yeah. I, I really do love Danielle making the decision and the confidence to make that decision within eight seconds. You know, like. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, the condition on the ground has changed. You need to make a decision right now. And sh- it's a big decision, right? It's not like. And the strength of leadership it took breakfast? to protect her crew. Because, like, you could tell everyone on that ship wanted to land. Oh, yeah. Especially the Russians. And to stand up mm-hmm. to all that pressure and do what she thought was right and for her crew and for the country. Like, I, yeah, like I said, I, I came away. I've always been pretty high on Danielle's stock, but. Uh, I mean, I think she just took the Ed position on the show. She is the alpha astronaut now. Yeah, I think you're right. I like Ed. I like the decisions he's making in most circumstances. But yeah, also, Danielle makes some can we talk too. about the other thing? The other elephant in this room? Hmm. The Helios spacesuits are the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen. What, what are these plush Mega Men outfits that they're wearing? <laughs> 
what is this hero number six Michelin man outfit that they're wearing? This oh, is I didn't even notice. What you didn't notice these bloated fucking astronaut suits? They're no. designed by committee. Oh my <laughs> god! How do you out? How oh how do you oh god oh they're the worst. They're oh, the man. worst. I gotta go check that out now. They they look like after well, what's her face ate the blueberry pill in in uh, in Willy Wonka except you left them out in the sun like in your like they're they're the toy version and you were a kid and you left them out in your sandbox for three or four years you come back years later and they're all bleached that's the that's the spacesuit these guys are wearing oh, Te- terrible terrible fashion I, I would I, that's I what you space about? it single Halo made space flight look not cool. See, that's the reason Picard didn't get to Mars first. He was too worried about the fashion. He's always tugging at his fucking uniform, too busy to, to send down the landers. And he got beat <laughs> by Danielle. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, 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 I don't know about that. Fashion. I, uh, it's form over function here at NASA, here at Helios, rather. I think Ed would have landed if he thought that he could have fat, got his fat little suit fingers around the stick and had the dexterity that he needed. But he was he was trapped in this beach ball, and, uh, <laughs> sure. and he didn't think and he thought and he didn't think Danny could wrestle any better than he could. So he had to he had to bail. Um, yeah. Are we are we talking about the entire landing sequence? Uh, we can't. I can I can go through that if you want. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, Ed's lander launches the the Russian commander along with. Uh, um, along with the uh, Danielle's pilot and improved visibility, all convinced Danielle to make the landing attempt as well. And it's a race to the surface. Um, no GPS. They lose their radar on the way down. Visibility is basically nothing. Um, so Ed eventually aborts the mission at the last second. Uh, disappointing himself, Danny, Dev, as I'm now going to, I'm going to assume his full first name is devastated at this point. <laughs> Devastated Iessa. Sojourner manages to land without incident, and then everyone in Houston celebrates. Um, and Margot says to Sergey, I'm going to get you and your family to America no matter what. Uh, yeah, I this was top quality space porn. I love uh-huh. this entire sequence. Um, from Ed's perspective, like, I think he's nerve. There's there's a, there's a point in the landing where I think he was shaken, and that's where Popeye just narrowly misses cratering into a mountain range. Did yeah, you see that? Yeah, I saw that. And like, and it came out of nowhere. And I think uh-huh. that. And he's like, looks over at this kid, and he's like, Jesus Christ, we have no business trying to do this. Yeah. And what's what's wild? And this is what makes it goes back to debate about who's who's better, Aunt De- uh, Ed or Danielle. When you look at the plane that the Sojourner sets down on, they were so lucky. They are like on a field of these jagged boulders and these like little mini mountains that are coming out of there. They come down on that and they landed hard too. which Mm -hmm. what the, the, you know, they barely got their stuff down. They could easily, you know, Danielle could have easily gotten them killed on a marginal landing and they just got lucky. And Ed... You know, he could have like that mountain range could have been the last one that he didn't see and he could have landed fine. But I think I think that's what shook him. He saw that as like, Jesus, we could have been dead. And it's just dumb luck. Yeah, I mean, he he like grits his teeth and continues on in that moment. But also then the storm picks up, right? He loses visibility of any kind once they get into the dust storm. And yeah, he's he pulls the plug. You're right, though, that that shakes him in that moment. Um, um, I, I was surprised. I guess to see, and, and I'm, I'm trying to like think through the mechanics of this. 
I was surprised to see the approach that the Sojourner takes because the Sojourner is a landing craft itself, right? They're direct mm-hmm. landing on Mars. They don't have a lander like the mm-hmm. Phoenix does because how you to land a hotel. Um, but, but the way they come in is like designed to generate the most heat, but I think it's also designed to bleed off the most speed. Right. Is that, is that the way that I should be interpreting uh, this? Yeah, I think it's just like the space shuttle. It, uh, it, uh, uh, it, it, it essentially falls like a very aerodynamic thing and bleeds all of that, that speed off into the, the, the Martian atmosphere are extremely thin. Right. Right. It's not, but if you're much, moving, but... you're moving, it's still going to generate that, that heat. Um, oh yeah. But, but the idea is just like hit as much atmosphere as you can yes. so that your propulsion systems have to work that much uh, less. Yeah. Right? Come in at a very narrow, shallow angle. And, and mm-hmm. uh, what do you think about Danny's feelings towards Ed? Because the other thing I notice is right as Ed hits the abort button, you can see the ground and it momentarily clears mm-hmm. up and they were so close. They're like probably maybe 500 close, feet. Like, uh, that may be too close I, for how fast they're going. Yeah, exactly. Like I, it, it makes me question, like, would they have pulled that landing off or not? And they mentioned one of the compromises of that teeny little shuttle thing was that Ed was not going to have the fuel to loiter. Like he didn't have like yeah. 30 seconds to hover. He didn't have like Neil Armstrong where, you know, he had like a, a hundred seconds of fuel that he could take manual control. Like he had to make a decision right then and there. And I felt that they were telling us that with that, that, that shot that if Ed had gone just a little bit further, they probably would have been fine. Okay. Um, so he'd gone through all the dangerous parts, almost smacked into the mountain and was landing. And it was a nice, clear spot, too, it looked like. Uh-huh, and I think true. that I think that Danny is going to be just furious that oh, he yeah. didn't trust him. And my, my question is, is that alone going to be the thing that that puts a rift or is Danny going to say something stupid? Like, I oh, fucked I assume, and I fucked Karen. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> they, they've set up his anger problems in previous episodes, mm. right? I assume, yeah, this is the thing that's going to push him over the edge and he's just going to come out with it or or, or say do? something that's so antagonizing that Ed realizes it. Does he throw him in a brig and find him in the quarters? Like, what do you, what do you do? Paste him. I, I Airlock yeah, him. Oh yeah. yeah. You promised us a greasy. <laughs> right. I'm going to be a greasy spot. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see, man. Um, it's not going to be good. Whatever it is. I, I hope he doesn't just kill him, but we'll see. I, I feel bad for Ed. I feel super bad for Ed. You know, this is the, Ed is always the bridesmaid, never the bride when it comes to landing on new planetary bodies. Yeah. Uh, he's flashing uh, back in this scene, right, to Gordo and him trying to land on the moon. Yep. And aborting that mission. He aborts this mission. And I'm looking at it like, okay, why exactly does he abort this mission? And I feel like it's tied in with Gordo because he can't, he cannot be. He will not let himself be the guy that gets Gordo's kid killed, right? Right. I think that's, the, he, that's when he looks dead, over at the last minute, he sees Danny's face is like, I fucking can't. Yeah, I can't do this. It, and it's, and it cost me so much personally because I think we could still make this, but maybe and, that's and, the thing. And this is the furious. second time this has happened to me and I'm pissed off, but like, I can't Ed be has, that guy. Yeah. Ed's got a bit of an anger issue too. Like he's had a lot more time mm-hmm. to, to work on it and think about it. But you know, like it, like when they get there and they can't land for three days like that, God, damn it like you know yeah. just a sheer frustration it might be like you know if i had any other pilot i would have landed that thing but i couldn't kill gore like like it's not so. fair but resentment you know not anger but res- like like unjustified resentment i could see it being a really explosive combination mm-hmm. um my only question is is a boil over immediately or are we going to have a little bit of a slow burn 
on that uh we've got another half a lot of, of this show season left. i assume yeah. it'll be a slower burn than we might hope because um, i want to see the fireworks next episode honestly <laughs> i just want to yeah i want to see them pull their helmets off when they get back to the phoenix and just go at each other but i'm kind we'll of see. amazed that they landed in the fifth episode there, there's going to be half of the season on mars like ho- yeah. like uh settling it exploring no, it. that's exciting yeah yeah, I want to see them unpack the the supply mission that had landed, you know, years in yeah. advance. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, I wonder if it's well, they would have known. Like if that, if things had gone wrong, they'd know before they got there. I want to see how the Russians yeah. co- cooperate. I want to see. Uh, <laughs> I really want to see Helios's uh, mobile habs kind of roving over and uh, the the landscape and I, how far away they settle. Because that's the thing is like Dev One has set this free trade zone, artist <laughs> colony. Uh-huh. entrepreneurial incubator on Mars. What does that look like in practice? And what is the follow-up act? Like, does he immediately start selling like real estate? Like I, I there's a lot of angles to this. So I guess they need, they need a lot of time to deal with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're kind of slow playing the defector stuff too um, with Roland. He mm. got a lot of ominous looks at the end of last episode, sure. but this episode they really didn't do anything with it. Yep. Uh, we'll see where that goes. There, there are a lot of balls in the air, plot-wise. Um, and then we get a uh, second-to-last scene here is Karen watching, you know, the the news about Ed having to abort the mission and feeling really bad for Ed, but then feeling really good for Kelly, who has who was on the landing mission. Um, and then Ellen addresses the nation about this momentous occasion, and. We get uh, a final shot here of the Russian commander trying to steal the prestige of being the first person to set foot on Mars. That's a man that understands the value of being first boot. (laughs) Right. He's not going to be a Picard for sure. Uh, But he and Danielle, (laughs) you know, squabble over it. And it, it is very funny, like you said, how the news portrays this as like, oh, this is this triumphant moment for cooperation arm in arm they win yep. and they they take the first step together and, and, and i just, assume they think they just tripped and fell i get but yeah. i think they're like fighting i think they're uh, no yeah no, no danielle's fucking pissed like her she's <laughs> yeah. like you get your commie ass back in that airlock like uh get her get get him Wait, i did not get save him. your ass just to have you steal the glory right where do you stay like the balls on this Russian. Where, oh, where do you yeah. like? I mean, but on this also, guy, I would have grabbed the biggest wrench on the ship and gone at him in that airlock. He's not, but, but that's yeah, what he's you, that's, not getting like, out he's, on that surface. But he's a patriot, like right? Like that's what you. I mean, because I, I'm like, what is the history oh, book his say? Certainly, yeah, yeah. That you busted up your ship. Your hated rival comes to pick your sorry ass up, and then you jump ahead to be the first person. I don't know. I don't know like what the history books make of that because like that's like gotta have the biggest asterisk of all time. First boot on Mars is But that's comrade. a footnote, man. That's a yeah, footnote. Com- like the, yeah. the actual name is what apparently matters in our society. So yeah, if he gets out there first, if he like trips Danielle coming down that ramp and mm. manages to get first boots on Mars, he's the guy. He's the man. He's done it for Russia. The way the season's gone, I'm kind of surprised neither one of them hit a hit their face pl- plate on a rock. 
yeah. or a landing cable broke free uh, just to, to further the drama. But like, yeah, I, I, I hope we get immediately back. I want to see like how they resolve this wrestling match. Because, yeah. 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 This guy. The, the, yeah. The balls on him. Uh, let me ask you this for future reference. Is regolith a term that only applies to the moon or is it any body that is not Earth? That's a good question. I thought it was something. Um, what is the regolith? Yeah, no. Unconsolidated residual or transported material that overlies the solid rock on the Earth, moon, or planet. So dirt on is regolith. Earth too. Yeah. Wow. That's, okay. I thought it might be moon exclusive, but it's, I guess it's regolith. Yeah. All right, good to know. So I can use that interchangeably with ground or surface. Yeah. Holy shit. I have so many go, words to uh, refer to where they're we'll referring to gardening as like, you know, I'm going to go dig around in my regolith and see uh, it's because it makes you feel yeah. feel like Mark Watney makes you sure. feel like you're growing potatoes on Mars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Of course, I'll, of course, I'll, of course, I'll mix it in shit buckets, you know, like get the full. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> dropping off some regolith. Uh, uh-huh. No, no. <laughs> Trapping nope. out some kids in the regolith. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, some regolith uh, in the pool, I think. Proper term. Uh, anyway, welcome that's to the, the, the goo, everyone. Welcome, welcome to the goo. To the goo. <laughs> uh, uh, do you have anything more to say uh, about this episode? Before I think I've said here? enough. I think I've said enough. Okay. Uh, I'm interested in what everyone else has to say. As always, you can reach us at fam. FAM at baldmove.com. Of course, that stands for all mankind. Uh, we're going to try to get, try to squeeze in a feedback episode next week because I know it's been a couple. Um, but if not that, then then the week after for sure. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Hope you've had as good a time listening as we did recording and watching. Uh, we will be back next week when For All Mankind drops the sixth episode. Hope to see you there. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.